Hey, welcome to the Husker Cuscast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. This is Justin, along with my cousins Derek and Tyler. We're trying to recover from a 38-17 whooping from Wisconsin before Ohio State comes to town this weekend. So let's keep the drinks coming, guys. Keep the drinks coming. First things first, let's get into the Wisconsin game. Derek, what went wrong? So, so many things. I don't even know where to begin, but I will start with we were just completely out physical by Wisconsin. They played more physical than we did. And until we start getting to that, I, I don't know how we're ever going to beat Wisconsin. Look, Wisconsin punched us in the mouth and knocked us on the ground, and we couldn't get back up. Is the way it seemed to me. Uh, we gave up 7.1 yards per play and 7.2 yards per run. And I don't know if I've ever seen stats where you average more yards per run than per play. Mm. Uh Turnovers continue to plague Nebraska. We had a fumble, a pick six that would, I mean, call it a fluke play, and that's fine. It probably was. But we still continue to be plagued by turnovers. You could all you could make the argument that Wisconsin killed themselves in drives in their first, in that first half with the penalties. They gave I mean they gave us chances with penalties. We gave a freshman so many yards. I, this this was almost two forty nine. It was almost as bad as uh, the four hundred eight yard game. It, it almost was just because it was a freshman. Uh, we, we, it was only on twenty five carries. See, that guy averaged almost. I mean, he was one yard shy of averaging ten yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Uh. You know, Nebraska moved the ball well, but we had 313 total yards in the first half and only 68 in the second half. The defense, you know, they played really well for the first half. And even starting in the the third quarter, we got that pick six and started looking really well. And then it was just like they kind of gave up. And I'm not sure what happened there, but it it was unfortunate. And I I don't know how to recover from this. Tyler, what did you see? What went wrong? Well, Derek, you, you brought up the first half and the second half disparity, and, and I think that's where this game went away. I think we outplayed Wisconsin in the first half. I think we missed a lot of opportunities. Um, you talked about the pick six. Um, we were inside the 10-yard line at that time. That, that should have been at least a field goal. Drew Brown missed another chip shot field goal. And whether it be passes not caught or passes not thrown right or misreads, we probably left another touchdown on the board. There was a play that J.P. Spielman ran wide open down the sideline that Tanner Lee didn't see. Uh, he underthrew a long ball to DPE that only was a completion that should have been touchdown, and DPE dropped one in the end zone. There, there was a lot of missed opportunities. We should have went in the halftime up by a touchdown, if not more, um, the way we played the first half. If that would have happened, the game would have been different. Our pass defense held up well. We held Wisconsin only 113 yards passing on the day. Um, we had an interception. They only completed about 50% of their passes. Um, our pass defense held well. If we held better in the first half and put up that lead that we should have done, the second half, they don't have the option to, just to run it down our throats. So, you know, the game went wrong. We did not take advantage when we should have because the bottom line is, guys, as much as we hate to admit it, Wisconsin is a better team than Nebraska is today. Much. Um, 
they, they, their system has proven true over the last 28 years since uh, Barry Alvarez took over there. I mean, they, they have recruited, they, ha- they know exactly what they want, and it proves to have success against us. Um, you know, we don't have that kind of stability. They're, they're out playing us, and when you're playing a better team, you can't miss opportunities to put up points. Their ability to run the ball, especially in the second half, was completely devastating to Nebraska. I mean, we just we could not stop them. We couldn't get them off the field. And, you know, the fourth quarter time of possession is just completely telling. And then all you need to do is hear the stat to know that we got drug. And the fourth quarter time of possession, Wisconsin had the ball for 13 minutes and 16 seconds, and we had it for one minute and 44 seconds. 13 to under two minutes. That's that ratio. We just got completely dominated. Well, yeah, they dominated the hell out of us. And it was really sad to see because we saw so much promise, especially coming after uh, halftime in the third quarter when we had that pick six to tie it. We thought that we were going to upset them. You know, we thought we were back. We were ready into it. And it was really devastating for the fan, I thought. Did you guys see anything in this game that gives you promise headed down the stretch, Tyler? You know, I, I thought the offensive line played well. You know, I mean, the first half, the fact that they played pretty well and we ended up gaining 90-some yards rushing and Zigbo passed the 100-yard mark in the second half, I think that was pretty impressive. Zigbo is the first running back to Leonard Fournette to run for over 100 yards against Wisconsin. Um, you know, I thought, I thought the first half, the defense played well. And I think the biggest thing is I thought Tanner Lee played a pretty good game. Uh, he completed about only 50% of his passes, but he made a lot better decisions than we've seen him make. I mean, there was about three of those incompletions that were on drop passes and about three of those incompletions that were on thrown away balls. I mean, he's making good decisions by not making the play down the middle. Derek, you've got to be kidding me. Really? We're judging a guy off throwing the ball away. I mean, this is like being proud of your 25-year-old son for not shitting his pants at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We know parents that <laughs> would be proud you of should, You should learn as, as a seventh grader, you should learn when to throw the ball away. And and this is our this is our biggest feat right now is, as our quarterbacks learn to throw the ball away. And, and, and you guys aren't the only ones to make this analogy. I mean, uh, Mikhail Wilbon said a week ago that he was so proud of Tanner Lee for throwing the ball away. That, that tells you how bad this guy kind of is. He threw 50% of his passes. Had, and and I, we talked about the interception already. Maybe it was a fluke play. Maybe not. Whatever. The guy's thrown 10 interceptions this year. The guy, I mean... He has not playing what played well, and you can blame it on drop passes. You can blame it on pressure. You can blame it on whatever you want. At the end of the day, the stats are the stats, and the guy is throwing a lot of interceptions because he's throwing in a double coverage. And I, I'm not proud of this guy because he learned how to throw the ball away. I'm sorry, but don't you think, Derek, that he's made a lot of progress in the last couple of games? He is getting outside of the pocket. He is scrambling around a little bit. He's making a little bit. Uh, better decisions and the fact that he is throwing the ball away is kind of huge because it's not something that we saw before it's baby steps you know baby steps to get to be great you know and seeing that seeing him progress that way isn't that kind of promising 
Maybe if he was a freshman. Hmm. I mean, we're talking about a junior who we absolutely glorified because he's already dealt with pressure at Tulane. So he should know when to throw the ball away already. This isn't something new. This, That's this, a valid this point. Is, this is a guy that has dealt with pressure his whole career and continues to struggle. All right, that's a valid point. Tyler? You, you, you know, you're right, Derek. He should know better by now. But but I think what we've learned through this season is Tanner Lee was not the product that we were expecting. You know, this guy's a great prospect, could be an NFL quarterback. He has a lot of talent. But the bottom line is he doesn't know how to read defenses. And the fact that he's developing and not making the same mistakes over and over – we had a long history at Nebraska, or at least a recent history, of quarterbacks making the same mistakes over and over. Whether it be Tommy Armstrong, T- Taylor Martinez, you know, you go back to you know a little bit earlier days with you know uh, the Zach Lees and Cody Green. The guys didn't seem like they played better throughout the season. The fact that he is learning to develop as the season goes on and making not making the same mistakes twice is promising for the second half of the season. Uh, the thing that we got to remember with Tanner Lee is he's not getting much help out there. You know, you look at the wide receivers. We had three wide receivers catch passes for us last week. He, he is on an island out there throwing to really nobody. He doesn't have the weapons that he probably should have at a program like Nebraska. Tanner Lee is trying his best. Again, he's underperforming across the base, but the fact that he's making smarter decisions is promising as the season goes on. Derek, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe the quarterback whisperer needs to speak a little louder because completing 50% of your passes is not good enough, period. And six games into the season, I expect to see some improvement, and we're not seeing it. Maybe, maybe uh, making better decisions is, is a little bit of improvement, but still, I, come on. The guy's still throwing in double coverage. He got lucky on a couple passes that he threw in a double coverage that our receivers did end up taking the ball away. And I I just, I don't, I I don't see where the improvement is as much as you guys do, apparently. Uh, Consider, consider the opponent. Wisconsin is a top 10 defense. You know, the fact that he went away with 260 yards in the air against Wisconsin, um, that is, that is a feat. And we should be happy that, uh, you know, we, we saw that improvement. The 50% completion isn't what we expected. That's not good enough, but he made good decisions. He avoided the bad throws in the coverage. I mean, his interception wasn't all on him. Uh, you could argue it mostly wasn't on him. It was a pretty fluke interception in the ball that probably Zigbo should have caught. Um, it, worst case scenario, should have been incomplete. I mean, he played a good game, I thought, across the board. And there's plenty of time left for Tanner Lee to shine. I think he's he is trending upward. He's not trending downward the last couple of games. So that's something to keep an eye on. Let's talk about recruiting here. We had a big recruiting weekend here in Lincoln. Uh, so I want to ask you guys a question here. What hurts recruiting more or what impacts recruiting more? Is it the talks of firing Mike Riley or is it the bad losses? Derek, go ahead. I, I would go bad losses all day long. Most of these big star recruits that want to come play 
especially when you're talking about five-star and four-star recruits. I mean, there might be one or two out there that want to come play for a, a, a guy like Mike Riley. But the, the average high big-star recruit wants to play for championships. And at the end of the day, we're nowhere near that. I mean, we can't even beat Northern Illinois. Mm. Tyler. Derek, I completely disagree. I, I think I think when you look at what recruits want, they want two things. They want proximity to home, and they want coaching staff. If you look at last year's recruiting rankings, Ole Miss finished fifth in the country, and they lost by 35 points to Mississippi State. That's a worse loss than us losing to Wisconsin by 21 points at home. Um, recruits want to go to a program where they, they know the coaching staff. They know where it's at. They want to go to proximity. Nebraska doesn't have the proximity, so only we have is coaching staff. The fact that we are talking five, six weeks in the season about firing head coach, every coach in the country that's recruiting against Nebraska is using that against us. The recruits can get over a bad loss because they can see them as part of the development. What they can't get over is not seeing themselves as part of the system. We have to keep the same coaches if we want to keep these guys committed and keep them interested in the program. Derek? Well, and maybe that goes hand in hand, but losing games is how you lose a job. And losing games also lose recruits because they don't see the stability because they don't understand that the fact that Mike Riley losing bad games is going to keep him around because it's not going to. Our, our boy Bookie came out this week and said, you know, one of the things he left is the game atmosphere was incredible. He loved it. And he saw himself out there playing. When we start getting rid of coaches, he doesn't see that anymore. And, and I truly believe the, the, the top two reasons people commit to a school is because of location and the coaching staff. The success of the team doesn't matter. If you look at Texas last year, had top 10 recruiting class. They were seventh in the country. Tennessee was 14th. UCLA was 13th. None of those schools had great seasons last year. But they had good recruiting classes because of the coaching staff and the location. We got to deal with what we got. It's got to be this coaching staff that gets the recruits in. Good points. Hey, I want to bring up something that I should have brought up earlier, but it was easily overlooked because uh, you know most of the fans left. They didn't notice it either. But Patrick O'Brien actually got some playing time in this game. You know, he had a, a one series, although maybe meaningless at the end. But we did get our first sign of Patrick O'Brien. Derek, what did you make of that series? That series was Mike Riley saying, I give up, we lost. <laughs> you know. Okay. And, and look, you can't judge. Patrick O'Brien looked decent. But we can't judge Patrick O'Brien off of one series in a game that we're down by 21 points already. I this is a little too too little too late to me. You should have brought him in the Illinois game, got him a little game game time experience there, and to to, to bring him in at this point in, in the juncture is tell me you're trying to save your job, and I think it's too little too late. Well, maybe he was crying, Uncle. You know, like okay, we lost. Wave the white flag, Patrick O'Brien. Do your thing, uh, Tyler. What did you make of it? You know, in the words of the great meatloaf, Derek, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it means anything of it. I mean, he brought Patrick O'Brien in because Patrick O'Brien was expendable. If Patrick O'Brien took a hit at that point in the game and got injured, 
that does not affect Mike Riley's plan. Uh, Mike Riley is so evident that he is committed to Tanner Lee. Uh, he's going to ride or die with Tanner Lee this season. And at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. But Patrick O'Brien getting in that game is, is not him trying to prep him for taking snaps down the road. It was him trying to preserve Tanner Lee. That's it. You, there's nothing more to it. I mean, don't you think that, you know, a lot of people think that, or some people think I should say that, uh, you know, he was brought in be- or there, there's something to be said because he hasn't been shown on the field prior to this game. So you just think it was just a uh, save grace, just get out of a hundred percent. Again, to Derek's point, if, if, if Riley was thinking, Hey, we might go with this Patrick O'Brien kid down the road. He would have taken some snaps in Illinois. Um, yeah. Him playing in that game is just, you know, it, it, it's just a sign that he is so committed to Tanner Lee. And, and again, the last couple of weeks, Tanner Lee's played good football. Maybe not great football, but he's played good football. I, You know, I don't know if Patrick Bryan's better. I was very critical of Tanner Lee earlier in this season. But at this point, I mean, I, I think we know that we're going with Tanner Lee for the rest of the year. All right. We had a poll question this week. Uh, out on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast, if you want to follow us, what is Nebraska's biggest issue right now? Is it youth, talent, coaching, or scheduling opponents? Uh, before we get into the results, let's talk about each of these uh, topics here. Youth, Derek, what do you think about youth? We are a young team. There's no, there's no denying it. You know, I. I, I see a lot of people talking about Bo Pelini couldn't recruit because he left the coverage bare. I, I disagree. I mean, Justin, you and I went over the recruiting classes of 2013 and 2014, or 2012, 2013, whatever years they were. Uh, there, there was some pretty good talent there. And, and, and the latter of the two that we talked about was Chris Jones, Joshua Kalu. I believe Luke Gifford was in there. And, you know, they're talking about youth. Well, I understand that. I understand that. I understand that. Okay. So so I I get that there's youth here. And they're up and coming, yes. But at the end of the day, they don't seem to be putting it together. To me. All right, Tyler. Yeah, youth is my biggest opinion. I think I think the youth of the team is the biggest problem. I mean, you look at a lot of key positions, whether it be cornerback. We're playing a lot of freshmen out there. Yes, Josh Jones come, uh, uh, Chris Jones coming back in the rotation definitely helps that. But we're starting a true freshman right tackle. We're, I mean, we're we're under class in a lot of the key positions. You, you know, there was an interesting treat, tweet that came out today talking about the scholarships that some of our upperclassmen and starters came out with. And, and you really saw that the better talented out of high school players are the freshmen that are behind them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think youth is a huge issue right now. We are not developed. We don't have the depth we need to. Um, we're, we're a recruiting class or two away from really being able to compete in the Big Ten. Yeah, I was looking at the two deep today. And on defense, we only have four seniors in the two deep, and that's uh, Chris Jones, Kalu, Weber, and Newby. Four seniors in the two deep. So, 
And then you, if you want to look at the offensive side of the ball, you got DPE in there as an impact player as a senior. And then you got Tyler Hoppus and McNitt. They're seniors also, but you know they started their careers as walk-ons. Uh, then you have David Neville, uh, who's currently getting beat out by a true freshman. We are an extremely young group. Wait till this. Maybe let's wait till this. Uh, all of these guys get to you know juniors and seniors, and then let's see what kind of team that we have. There's just so much youth out there. Uh, let's move on to talent. Well, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. You bring up you bring up Neville, and that yeah. was a that was actually a big recruit of Wisconsin. And so and so, I think that that speaks volumes of where we're at. I mean. But doesn't that speak volumes of the youth? I mean, we have a true freshman that just beat out this big recruit out of Wisconsin, he right? Didn't really, he didn't really beat him out. The guy okay, was, maybe he, he was hurt, but headed into this week, I think David Neville is back, right? But but but, did, but currently would you, on the, but would you say at Wisconsin he would be succeeding more than he is here? Maybe I don't know. I don't know that. Would you think that? Yeah, they seem to develop their offensive line a lot better than we do. Okay. I, I, th- I think I think I think the thing is is with Wisconsin, you look where Nebraska is. I mean, David Neville came on. I mean, he was looking to run a spread offense, more of a run defense. Now we're asking him to do different things. I think the reason why Wisconsin's been able to develop their line and all their positions is because they come in and they know what they're getting. They, yeah. they, their their pro their program has been tried. They they they've seen the successes. They have the weight room. They everything is built around the Wisconsin program. So moving on in terms of talent as the biggest issue, Derek, you, you kind of alluded to this before with the recruiting aspect. What else do you have for the talent? The, look, the talent the talent's here. I it, it is young, yes, but the talent is here. We've talked about it. We just talked about last week with, you know, recru- I mean, you talk about recruiting classes. And we, we have out-recruited Iowa and Wisconsin, well, everybody in the Big Ten West, for the last nine years. And so the, re- the, the talent's here. And, yes, some of them, some of them have uh, transferred out. Some of them have uh, not panned out, which is, a, which is the case with any recruiting class. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think we have the talent here. I don't think this is one of our issues at all. I agree. Uh, Tyler, I I'm with you. I, I think we, we have not recruited top 10 talent, but we've recruited top 25 talent. What we put out there against Wisconsin and what we put out there the first six games of the season is not 20 top 25 talent. Um, I, I don't think the talent is that far behind of where our expectations on at least the podcast are for this team at this point. Yeah, I, I think we have talent. I just think that they're extremely young. And that's how I, I, I voted for youth in this uh, poll. I just think we're young. Uh, coaching, Derek. Well, it's, no big su- it's really no big surprise that <laughs> coaching was my uh, vote. Shocked. I, yeah, I, I I really question where we're coming from on coaching. You know, Mike Riley has straight out come out and said that he doesn't like to tackle in practice, 
and yet we're getting out physical by every by by bigger teams. Not and, and teams that I mean, Wisconsin's a little bit bigger than us, maybe, but they just out physical us. Plain and simple. Yeah. And so you have to wonder if maybe the lack of physicality in the in the practices is affecting the games. I mean, come on. The offensive guys can't take a hit. Every time a guy gets hit with a decent tackle, he comes limping off the field. The defense can't tackle because they get no practice in practice. And so you have to wonder where 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 we're at. We have a Pac-12 week practice that these guys have brought along with them, I think. Tyler, what do you think about coaching? You know, I, I think coaching is an opportunity. I mean, you know, I, I I believe Mike Riley has not been given a fair shot at Nebraska. I think that people are running him out too early. Um, I think that, you know, the talk of firing him is not necessary, but probably not unwarranted. The program hasn't progressed under him. But one thing I will say, Derek, your point about the tackling, you, you I think that you look at teams across the country. You, you, I've heard Michigan talk about the la- the decrease in tackling at practice. I, this is not just a Nebraska thing. Um, teams are across the country and in the NFL are, are reducing tackling. Um, I, I don't think the physicality of practice, I think we've seen an increasedness with Bob Diaco in the defense, but I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue with the coaching is we haven't allowed a stability of coaching. You know, Mike mm-hmm. Riley's system is still developing. Bob Diaco's system is in his first year at Nebraska. I mean, we're trying to compete against a team. We're comparing ourselves to a team that's had 28 years or whatever the time since Barry Alvarez has gotten there to really develop their system. Uh, it, it's not a fair comparison. Well, All right, schedule okay. so, opponent. So, uh, I, I guess my question for you is, what what's your excuse against Northern Illinois then? We, we, we've all admitted Northern Illinois is an unspeakable loss, but you, extremely a lot bad of pro- luck. Uh, a lot of programs have really, really bad losses underneath them. I mean, Oklahoma just lost to Iowa State. Um, you know, the, the 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 teams getting upset by a team that's inferior is not a new in college football. That's happened many True. times over. True, but for Nebraska to lose to a Mac school, I think is a new low. It, it, uh, I, again, it's one of the worst losses I've seen in my lifetime. I don't Well, what's the worst loss? Iowa State upsetting Oklahoma at Oklahoma or us losing to Northern Illinois? Iowa State, hands down, because... The, the, the fact that you even bring that Oklahoma's question number up, three. The fact that you even bring that question up, it just shows the state of affairs of where we're at with Mike Riley. The fact that we're saying that it's okay to lose to Northern Illinois compared to Iowa State, who's upset a lot of teams in the past, to include Nebraska, even in the time of era. Yeah. So, so Iowa State has been able to do that as a Power 5 team. But to, for Nebraska to lose to a MAC team... And you think that that is better than losing to Iowa I'm not saying State? it's better. I'm not saying it's better. We, it's not like we got killed. We were a victim of our own bad luck with two pick sixes. Outside of that, I mean, it was a fluke game. But what I'm saying is 
we're just not we're not world beaters. We all know that we're not world beaters. And for us to lose to Northern Illinois, it's okay. Stuff happens. Iowa State beating number three Oklahoma at their house. That is more impactful, especially in the national perception, than us losing to Northern Illinois. That's a blip on the radar. And Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois went. Go ahead. Northern Illinois went the week after they played us to San Diego State, who's in the top twenty in the country or top twenty-five at least in the country, and played them in a tough game. Northern Illinois is a probably better than average team in the college football landscape. Well, I mean, Derek, di- you know, you're, you're a big UCF is, hold on, guy. Hold on, we- hold on. Let me, t- let, me, let me tell you what the difference is here. The difference here is if Oklahoma State wins out, they could still make a possibility, especially if they win that undisputed back to their Big 12 championship game, they could still make a playoff. Nebraska has just fell to nothing. We are dust in the wind, as Kansas likes to say. Okay, so UCF beating Maryland. You're a big, you know, Scott Frost guy, but but there's a what do you difference. say about that? There's a difference. What's the difference? UCF is an up and coming team. Uh, okay, Northern but, but, Illinois. But they hold on, used hold on. North, no, yeah. Team. Yeah, Northern Illinois' three and two records really proven proven good. Well, anyway, we are spinning our tires here. This is going to be great stuff for later down the road, but we got to move on, guys. Uh, I got to give the results of the poll question for what is Nebraska's biggest issue right now: youth, talent, coaching, or schedule opponents. Sixty-two percent said coaching. Twenty percent said talent. 16% said youth, and 2% said schedule opponents. Glad to know they agree right. with me. Yes, they agreed with you. Uh, anyway, Ohio State. Uh, they're coming into town for another night game here in Lincoln. Uh, what are the keys to the game for Nebraska to be successful, Tyler? Yeah, I, I think I think it starts with... Tanner Lee. I mean, Tanner Lee has put a couple good games in a row together. Um, you know, you look at the season, I mean, he's been up and down and, and not great. Tanner Lee has to be the guy that we thought he was going to be going in the year for us to have a shot. We, we need to see greatness because Ohio State has been dominating the pro uh, opponents since beating, uh, since losing at home against Oklahoma. Um, they, they beat Rutgers last, uh, I'm sorry, they beat Maryland last week by 48 points. The week before they beat Rutgers by 56 UNLV the week before that 33 points. They've been dominating opponents the last few weeks. We, if we want to be in this game, Tanner Lee has got to play like an all American. Can he do it? That's yet to be seen, but that's what we need. If we want to win this game. Yeah. Dark. Well, I think the only I think the only way we beat these guys is if we go ahead and hire Oklahoma's players to play for us. <laughs> not likely. Probably not likely. Uh, you know, I, I guess if you want me to get real into some real keys here, uh, you know, run the ball successfully throughout the whole game, not just through the first half, and keep the defense off the field because. Ohio State has scored 54 or more points in the last three games. And so I think the question really becomes more, can we hold them under 54 points? 
That's a good point. Uh, I agree with you guys. You know, we need to establish that run. We need to suck the hell out of that clock. We need to keep their offense off the field. And most importantly, we can't afford any turnovers, let alone any pick sixes. Can't turn over the ball. We just long drives. The shorter we make this game, the better it increases our chances to win. Guys, we, we forget. Memorial Stadium at night is still we, – we talked about this a lot last week, and, and, and I'm the only one on here that thought we were going to lose last week. Um, you two thought we were going to win, but just mind you of that. And I, but, but even with that, I believe <laughs> that Memorial Stadium is still a tough place to win. And, and I think Ohio State is not that much of a different opponent than Ohio State uh, – Wisconsin – and we showed, at least through a half, that we can play with or outplay a top five, top ten opponent. Um, does that translate this week? Yet to be seen. But, guys, when we look at this week, I mean, there, there are a lot of things that from last week that if we tweak this, move, make this play, that's a different game. And maybe that plays out this week against Ohio State. I, th- I would argue, Tyler. Go ahead, Justin. I, w- I, would, I would argue, Tyler, that, you know, yeah – do one half and uh, the second half. I would argue that we haven't put together a full game, maybe outside of the Illinois game. That is our most completely complete game. And that's not even really full for full four quarters. It was maybe two and a half, maybe three quarters that we uh, dominated. We haven't seen four quarters of full full out football yet. And Illinois they're a lesser team is what I'd say. Go ahead, Derek. Well, I think uh, off the air here, Justin had told me that tickets for, they have 1200 tickets available for $35 a piece for an Ohio state game. I, I think that you could talk about how well we played Wisconsin in that first half the fact that we got dominated in that second half, I think, is key to what people expect out of Ohio State. Because everybody expects Ohio State to be better than Wisconsin. And so it, it nobody wants to come to watch a game that is a not competitive game. And so if that's the case, what makes you think that our fans are going to have any, any projection of what, what's going to happen in this game? By the way, I said starting for $35, not all of them. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Well, I, I will say this. Is, is I, I, I believe that Memorial Stadium will respond if the team responds. And you, you, last week we saw the t- fans fade as the team faded. Uh, I, I do not believe that the fans dictate the performance on the field. I think the f- performance on the field dictates the fans. You're right. And, and, and I think... If Nebraska comes out and plays, which I don't know if they will, but I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> I'm saying there's a chance. Come on, Mary Swanson. Uh, I, I'm saying that, that, may, that maybe Nebraska's that we respond. I mean, Ohio State's world beaters. I mean, they've played great football the last few weeks. Um, they're a scary opponent. They may be the most talented opponent we will face. They were my prediction to win the national championship. This is a tough game. Well, let's just continue on down that road. So what else do we need to look for when the Buckeyes come into town? Uh, Derek? 
You know, this is only the fourth time, or I'm sorry, the fifth time that Nebraska has come in to Lincoln as 24-point underdogs. And the last time being was 1957 against Oklahoma, where we were 20-point underdog, 28-point underdogs. And we lost that game 32-7. to So, I, I mean, Vegas don't get it wrong that far off very often. So, Tyler, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I, I think last week we got shredded by a freshman running back. This week we have another great freshman running back coming to play. J.K. Dobbins is running for 669 yards this season. Um, he has looked really impressive. Uh, you know, Ohio State is 29th against the run. I think we, we've established, you guys pointed out that we need to run the ball. They're not an easy team to run that gets the ball against. And then finally, since Urban Meyer has taken over, Ohio State is 25-1 and on the road in the Big Ten play. Or overall, I'm sorry, overall. I mean, he, he has done a very good job there um, in, in developing a team that travels. Uh, it, it's, it's a test. I mean, they're, they're, I think going this year, I think this was the biggest test we saw. And I don't know if much has changed. Yeah, this is definitely the most challenging team on the schedule in my eyes. Uh, speaking of challenging teams, oh, I'm sorry, Derek, you have final thought. Yeah, one more thing. One more thing on that. Uh, we're also probably facing the best quarterback that we've faced, and JT Barrett, who's completed 63% of his passes with a with a touchdown interception ratio of 16 to one. He's also rushed for 311 yards, which is only seven, 16 yards better or minus our best rusher. So, Yeah, JT Barrett, he's actually a surprise because I thought headed into the year that he was going to be a liability for Ohio State, and he's not. He's He shows a lot of flashes of dominance out there. I mean, he shows what – the media and perception of him was supposed to be a couple years ago. He's actually fit into that role nicely. So kudos to him. Hopefully we shut him down and kick his ass. Uh, let's get into our score prediction, not score predictions. Let's get into our picks for the week. Uh, Derek, give us an update on where we are. Oh, we're not good, but we're, we're better than some. So that's all that matters. Uh, Justin, last week you were three and three. Tyler, you were four and two. I was four and two. Uh, overall, Justin, you're twenty three and fifteen. Me and Tyler are both twenty four and fourteen. Uh, I'm right on your. I'm right on your coattails. We're all. We're we're gonna all get you close. this week. We're all real close. All right. All right. Let's get into the picks this week. First game: Oklahoma versus Texas. This is at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. As always, uh, Red River rivalry, Red River shootout, whatever you want to call it. Tyler, or I'm sorry, Derek. Uh, Oklahoma comes in here pissed off after losing to Iowa State. We we already talked about that a little bit, but uh, I, I think they come in. It's like it's like the old Nebraska. I feel sorry for the team that plays Oklahoma the the, the week after a loss. I think Oklahoma just crushes Texas this week. Tyler. 
you know, last year Oklahoma and Texas played a pretty good game with uh, Oklahoma edging them out 45 to 40. Um, it was an ex- offensive explosion last year. Um, and Baker Mayfield's played well. Last week he played, he threw for over 306 yards in the loss. Um, he played a good game. I think he's going to play another great game. And I think Texas doesn't have an answer. Oklahoma wins big. I actually like Texas in this game. I like where Tom Herman's taking this team. You know, Texas, they've played in two double overtime games this year, once against the uh, USC team, which was another great game against USC, and then against KSU last week in the win. And I think they find some way to win this game. Uh, I just don't think Oklahoma's that good. I knew that they were going to lose some games this year, and I didn't think last week was going to be it. This week, Texas gets them. Go Tom Herman. All right, Ruggers at L- Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Ruggers at Illinois. Illinois, uh, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, actually. Derek. <laughs> bottom of the bottom feeders. Uh, battle of the bottom feeders, I'm sorry. Uh, the Big Ten West is one and five against the Big Ten East this year. The only win coming in against Rutgers coming from Nebraska. So, I think that... Uh, that being said, I think Illinois is still the worst team in the Big Ten. Illinois probably squeaks out a win here. Tyler. The Sacco Bowl. Uh, who, who is going to be the biggest sack of shit in the Big Ten this week, this year? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sacco Bowl. <laughs> Chris Ash, your time in the Big Ten may be coming to an end. Illinois wins this game. Yeah, I like Illinois as well. I wouldn't label it the way you did but you know they've beaten two fbs schools where ruggers they still have not beaten an fbs school so i'm gonna give it to illinois uh boise state at uh san diego state san diego state is seven and a half point favorites Derek. i am not sure how this game made it into our picks uh i'm not interested in this game at all uh san diego state has a running back that's rashad rashad penny who's ran for 993 yards this year. Probably should be mentioned for the Heisman. He won't be. But at the end of the day, San Diego State's better than Boise State right now. So I'll go San Diego State. Tyler. Uh, You know, Derek, I agree with you. Um, You know, the running game of San Diego State is impressive. The reason why this game made it is because this might be the most compelling matchup of of the weekend. Um, I think this is going to be a close game, but at the end of the day, I think San Diego State's running game is the difference. They win the game. Yeah, Derek, you know, I'm with you with uh, Rashad Penny. You know, 993 yards in six games. That is impressive. That is an impressive feat in of itself. Uh, I like like San Diego State in this game. Boise State, they're just not the team that has been produced in the years past. So Uh, Michigan at Indiana. Indiana's seven-point underdogs. Derek? Michigan's defense is just too good for Indiana. Indiana's offense is pretty good, but Michigan's defense will stop them. Uh, Michigan's going to come out pissed off after losing again to Michigan State. Uh, so, so second team that we're picking that got upset last week. Uh, I, I just I think Michigan's got too much talent on that team to lose to Indiana. Sorry. Tyler. 
you know, you, Derek, you're, you're focusing on Michigan's defense, and, and I look on the other side of the ball. O'Corn for Michigan last week threw 16 for 35 for only 198 yards and three interceptions. It was an awful performance against Michigan State. Uh, I, I don't see Michigan's offense be able to move the ball. Last couple years, Indiana's played really close with Michigan, but not quite get over the hump. This year, they do that. They upset the Wolverines in Bloomington this weekend. I love it, Tyler. You know, before the season, both me and you, we loved Indiana as our surprise teams out of the East. And I had Indiana beating Michigan preseason. I still like them this year. I think there's a lot of issues there with Michigan. Yeah, you're right, Derek. They got a great defense. But uh, I think Indiana is going to pull the upset here. So give me Indiana. Final game of our picks, Texas Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia's three-and-a-half-point favorites. Derek. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me. I got to add this in here because this is a special game. The over-under on this game is 79 points. Derek. Bet the over, by all mm-hmm. means. This is going to be another typical Big 12 shootout with no defense. Whoever has the ball last probably wins this game. I'll, I'll go ahead and pick West Virginia just because they're at home. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Other than being at home, there's no, there's no way to pick this game, I don't think. Tyler. You know, last week, Texas Tech put up 65 points against Kansas. I know that Kansas isn't that good of a team, but you put up 65 points against an opponent. That's impressive. Uh, you know, West Virginia was good last week against TCU, but I don't know if they're going to be that good again this weekend. I, I like Texas Tech narrowly pushing through a victory on the road at West Virginia. I'm with you again, Tyler. You know, Texas Tech, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he's – continuing to show why they shouldn't have fired him after last season. He's putting together a hell of a team. You're right, Derek. Bet the over. This is going to be a shootout. Both quarterbacks are gun blazers. They're going to be slinging that ball. There's going to be a lot of yards, a lot of points in this game. It's going to be a fun one, and I think at the end, Texas Tech is going to edge West Virginia. At least there's going to be some separation this week. Well, let's we'll see. No, they're so, winning because uh, we picked different games finally. Nice. About time. All right. Well, it's time for us, the Husker Cuzcast, to make our Ohio State and Nebraska score predictions. For all of you listening, be sure to go to huskerhype.com for the staff's score predictions there as uh, well as ours. So uh, check that out, huskerhype.com. All right. Ohio State at Nebraska, 24 and a half points. Uh, well, Nebraska's getting 24 and a half points. Derek. Bet Ohio State. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. I This this team just seems very inept to me. I, I, I don't know. I, I think we may possibly hold it close in the first half. By second half, I think Ohio State runs away with it. I, 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 have, no, I have Ohio State winning big, 51-10. Now, oh, ouch, ouch, ouch. Tyler. I pray you're wrong in that, Derek. Um, you know, Ohio State's a good team. They're playing really good football right now. This is a game going into the year I didn't think we were going to win. Um, nothing has changed my opinion. Unfortunately, I think Ohio State wins 
38 to 20. Uh, if Nebraska wants to win this game, they're going to need to score more than 30 points because I just don't see the way Ohio State's offense is playing. Uh, us being able to hold them under that 30-point mark. I I think Terry Lee plays a good ball game, but not good enough to get us over the hump. Well, it sounds like I'm splitting the difference between both of you guys. I have Ohio State winning 45-17. to 17, And look, this is one of those games where through six games, I'm just not convinced on Nebraska's offense. Their inconsistencies to move the ball throughout the whole game uh, their their turnovers that they can't stop making the drops. It's it's not a recipe for success against this team, uh, Ohio State. I mean they're they're solid. You know they're in sacks. They've already had 17 sacks through six games. Their turnover margin. You know they forced six fumbles, six interceptions. Not a great matchup, even at home underneath the lights at Memorial Stadium. 45-17, Nebraska. Final thoughts, guys, before we get out of here? So you're picking Nebraska to win 45-17? Did I I say that? You did. No. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe my heart wants me to. Uh, No, I got Ohio State win 45-17. I'm sorry. Okay, God, I'd, my, look, my, I'd look like a champ if that came to fruition. Though, but. God, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be amazing if we woke up next podcast and we're talking about a 45-17 victory? Guys, just don't forget. I'm still taking credit for it. I'll give you credit. Guys, don't forget. <laughs> 2015, Nebraska beat a top 10 opponent at home in Michigan State in a game that none of us thought we were going to win. We've done it before. Flight. We we can do it again. Well, Yeah. I mean, if they stretch those boundaries, you know, from 53 and a third, you know, and you can run out of bounds, that's that's awesome. Get pushed out. Pushed out, yeah, he did, he did. <laughs> All right, guys. He got blew out. It's, it's, he got blew out. It's time to get out of here. Uh, so be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast. You can catch all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. You can now find us on HuskerHype.com. Be sure to go there and check out all the great stuff there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week to recap the Ohio State game and head into the bye week where we're not going to lose. So be safe, everybody, and as always, go Big Red. Go Husker High. Say bye bye so long, see you later, take it easy, be cool, hang loose.